The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Talk podcast. Lots to get to today. I'm Katie Emmer. And I am Jordan Hall. We are your home for everything and anything Flyers related. And I'm excited to introduce a special guest, Taryn. Making her second appearance. Hatcher. Am I, do you have other reoccurring guests? Am I your first reoccurring guest? Taryn, I just figured you would be great. You, you, you shared so Am many I? great stories. Wait, so, okay, we'll we get wanted to that later. But um, last time you asked me, like, my favorite flyer story, and I was trying to think off the dome, and I thought of the <laughs> Joel Farabee Chipotle story. I came up with a better one, but, like, we'll, oh boy. we'll oh, save we it. We'll, we, I was going to we'll say, we'll get to it naturally on that. conversation. Can't wait no. for that. We will get to that. We'll we have a lot to get to, and um, there's so much with this team, a lot of excitement, a lot of fans jumping on this so-called bandwagon. And I don't see why not. I mean, it's a great team to be cheering for right now, and I think the whole city's excited about it. Big win last night, and I could keep saying the same thing, seven games back, big win. Uh, eight games for the Flyers. They've won straight, and uh, what do we like? There's a lot of positives in this one. What Everything. Like? Every single thing. I don't know. They, like, out-cane the Canes last. Like, they played a okay. Canes game against the Canes, but they did it better than the Canes did it, if that makes sense. How many times did you just say Canes? Canes? I'm actually sponsored by Canes. <laughs> Canes? Canes? No, is this a... Do you guys have Canes out here, by the way? Canes? Like, like an old person? No. Fried chicken? Okay. Oh, no. Canes fried chicken? No. Okay. Oh, you meant, like, All something right. that old people use to help... Oh, okay, and this could mean many things. All right, we're already getting weird. I love it. Um, but yeah, Jordan, was... can you articulate what I just said? I don't know <laughs> yes. what to say. <laughs> no, I totally see what Taryn was saying. And to me, the crazy thing uh, that really has struck me is what they've done against the Blue Jackets, Capitals, and Hurricanes compared to last year. They were 0-10-2 against those three teams last season. This year, 10-0-2. Uh, I think that just shows how much... Uh, they've improved. Uh, those are three playoff teams last year, and the Flyers just got a lot better. And um, yeah, now so, they're in an I was amazing, say, amazing spot. And Jordan Hall has an entire article about it over on my teams or NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. Yeah, check it that out. is a great plug. Look at that. You're she's welcome. plugging. We were trying to work she's it plugging into the game Jordan. Last night. We ran right? out of time. This is good. This okay. is why we have her on. This yeah, is why exactly. we have her on. Right. Um, but you mentioned Jordan. You have so many great numbers, like specifically for this season, but also as you mentioned, comparing the last season. A big number. I mean, this is just a crazy, my crazy stat. No, I'm kidding. Eight goaltenders. Now you have two. And you have yeah. two solid goaltenders. Um, 
in comparison to last season, there's a lot of positives. Yeah. I but like how, how crazy I is it? freaked out about Brian Elliott playing against the Caps. I was like, they, he was in net when they won 7-2. Like, exactly. Yeah, there was not everybody. There's a huge population of people that were like, why is he not starting Carter Hart? And I'm like, here's the thing. You don't have to. Yeah. Carter Hart, for once Carter was injured, too, there was a big conversation about how do you really divvy up these games because Brian Elliott had played well. And I think Alain Vigneault wants to develop Carter as that true starting goaltender. And so he has given him a ton of reps, and Carter's earned them, obviously, in the way he's played. But it's not at all because of the way Brian Elliott played. It's because they want to develop Carter and Brian to be able to step in in games where he needed them. And he needed them in, in Washington, and he did exactly what he needed to do. And then Carter got to play last night where we know he's phenomenal at home. 19-2-2 two two at home. Yeah. Hard to argue. There wasn't a bad choice there in, in terms no. of splitting up that back-to-back um, um the biggest thing though and this is like a common thing that comes up on our pre and post game just with is this a concern yes I mean it's a great problem to have you have two solid goaltenders you can go with one on the road one at home and Taryn you talk about developing Carter Hart and that may be you know what we're thinking Elaine Vino and the coaching staff would aim for uh Carter Hart being that number one is this a concern? Does a playoff team, does a team going deep into the playoffs need one goaltender? Is this a concern or is no. this just keep working it until something goes wrong? Why do you need one when you know. can have two? <laughs> like, why do you need one when you can have two? I know it's like a very logical, but like. Do you hate her question? Like, why? No, 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 <laughs> no, no. I don't. I don't. It is. I mean, it I is. A, a, and no, I love a Katie, question. but no, I'm just. <clears throat> I hear that come up a lot about like a lot of teams switch up their goaltenders when they're struggling in the playoffs. Like, but no, that's not, I don't think that's been the approach of this team all year, except for when Carter would go kind of earlier in the season when he hit that road slump that a lot of the team didn't, I don't think realize just numbers wise, how long that kind of road drought was for him. I know because when we talked to them, they're like, really? Because it was what, he hadn't won a game since November at one point. Yeah, wasn't that nuts? It was like since the Bruins. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, on the road. Um, But a lot of the team didn't realize it. Like, I don't even think, unless we really looked it up, we never, it just isn't something when you're on the road with the team and you're around them every day that anybody really pays much attention to. It's just, if they need a big, performance on the road for a while they knew they could turn to Brian Elliott and if Carter was in net at home you knew you were going to win a game like that was kind of just how it went yeah and um I think when it comes to the playoffs if Carter's playing well I think they'll keep rolling with him and if he hits a game where things aren't going the way they need to Brian Elliott has showed even after long times off long periods of time off he can just go right in there and perform yeah like a top level goaltender so and it's not just like Brian. I mean, Brian Elliott has made high-level saves in these games where he's had to come in after long periods of time. Can off. we all agree that Brian Elliott has surprised a lot of us this season just yeah. with what he still has left in the tank? I mean, there's no <laughs> underestimating this caliber player, but he's sort of exceeded what I was expecting for him to play like this season. To stay healthy, like I think that was everyone's concern was could he stay healthy? He has. Uh, and then, yeah, like Terrence said, he's spelled Carter Hart a few times when the Flyers really needed him to. And I think we forget he's made a career out of being a tandem goalie. Yeah. So he's really he's really used to, you know, going stretches where he's not playing, having to come in in difficult situations and kind of right the ship. He's made a career out of that, and uh, I think that's what made him so attractive to bring back one year with Carter Hart. Yeah. And he coming into the season, it was interesting because we got to talk to him. This this season was one was the first time in a while this off season where he got to focus on strengthening and skills and not rehab and health. And he said that was something where when he's at the age he's at now, 
the experience is great, but you do have to modify your routines and everything that you do to strengthen your weaknesses and also keep your strengths sharp. And this was the first year where he really got to focus on both of those things rather than essentially what is physical therapy and getting that core, you know, all those core issues back together. I think this year he really got to focus on taking his game to the next level. And we've seen that. And just, I mean, I know this is a very obvious observation, but just think about how difficult it is as a player when you come off of not playing for X amount of games. We see so many people come back and some guys do great and some guys battle rust and Brian Elliott does it on the regular and has fared quite well. Right. I mean, and that just might be with the years of experience, too, that he's been through. Um, but this tandem question was brought up to Carter Hart post game last night. Um, and I think for them, Taryn, you could agree with us. Just they're pretty even keeled. They're not going to sit there and be like, yeah, we know how big of an issue. Like they're just, hey, this is working, especially Carter Hart. He's never going to say, yeah. you know, he's happy with it, but or never going to say he's not happy with something. He's always just sort of, yeah, you know, just chill yeah (laughs) that's a good description it's so interesting interesting too because last year it was everyone was concerned is that the pressure of being the future being the savior is that going to be too much and now it's the is the even playing field of the way him and brian elliott played going to be like you know the the competition whatever and in reality it's just carter is so in one part of his career and brian elliott is so in a different part of his career and the team is playing so well, and they all like each other so much. And Brian Elliott and Carter Hart both say how much they like being a part of this specific goalie tandem that I think it's helped both of them. Yeah, and something, too, he said it's a healthy competition. I mean, every yeah. practice, like, he he makes, like, for Carter Hart, Brian Elliott makes him better. And for Brian Elliott, he makes Carter Hart better. I mean... Did I say that right? No, you meant, yeah. yeah. Yes. You said it 100% right. <laughs> it's a, it's I a way more coffee. But yes, yes. So, I mean, it's a good problem to have. I'll say that again. My opinion, I, I don't really have that much of a concern in, until I see something go wrong. But you made a great point. Why need one? And I just, I feel like you may just need one to make it deep into the playoffs, just from what I've seen. Like any playoff team that wants a chance at the cup, that wants a chance to make it even to the final, they need a solid like number one. And I mean, hey, if this is working right now, which it is, you see Brian Elliott, 12, 5, and 2 on the road. And then for Card Hart, as we mentioned, 19, 2, and 2 at home. If you're working on the road and you got him, and then as we saw, Lane Vino, he might just keep doing that until something goes wrong. And hey, I don't really have an issue with it if they're getting wins, right? Absolutely. And I think they will eventually, as the games become more and more important, they, they're Start all to important get to now. that. They'll start riding Carter, uh, but it's great to have the luxury of being able to pick and choose right. your spots when you maybe want to get him a game uh, or, or go to Brian. So, but I think, yeah, as the games get bigger, and especially if, if they do make the playoffs, they'll, they'll ride Carter for yeah, sure. Yeah, like if you know Carter has, has faced his struggles on the road, although I don't think that's as much of a mental block as yeah. everyone thinks it actually is. Agreed. It's also you the play in front that, of him, too, yeah, that You happened. know that on yeah. this back-to-back, you have the, the luxury of putting Brian Elliott in, who can play very well against the Capitals in D.C., when you really need those points, when you're chasing the Capitals, trying to get that number one spot in the Metro, they're like, yeah, sure, we have this back-to-back. Well, this is just logical. We get to put Brian Elliott in D.C., we get to put Carter Harden at home and we're playing to both of their strengths so it's great when you have one I think you need at least one Um, and I think they will like Jordan said carve out a spot for Carter to kind of really grow into that role I think they're trying to do it in a way that has as few growing pains as possible but Brian Elliott is the reason they can do it without all of those growing pains and really pushing him to do things that 
Even how much he, he helped yeah, with Carter Hart being hurt. I mean, he just jumped in and did the yeah. job. Yeah. Where would we? Where would we? Where would the Flyers be without Brian Elliott? And At where an would we be? Time. Honestly, quite honestly, what would we be doing wouldn't without be Brian Elliott? <laughs> wow, that's a Jordan. That big claim, a, Jordan. Maybe I could wow. Just say something different I would there. hold my breath. <laughs> um, Taryn mentioned the Caps. I mean, that was a, a last night. You're you're focused on your game, but it was a, a topic for this team. Hey, even for Lane Vino, like if you're number one by the end of the night in the division, how's that going to feel? And you know, they're sort of thinking about it, but they're also not. But they sort of are. Like, we would like to think they I really think are. I think they very much are. And yeah. I couldn't believe this game. Like, we don't care about the Rangers and Caps too much. But last night, we certainly were hoping for the Rangers to, to go, come out Mika, on top. Go, Mika, go. Jed with five goals, you guys. I think that's only the third player in Rangers history to get five goals. It's insane. It's insane. And, I mean, just trying to keep up with that post game to, like, give an update. Certainly, you hope the Caps would have lost in regulation. But, hey, tied with uh, Washington as we wake up this morning. Um, not a bad look, Jordan. Definitely. No, not at all. And it was funny. I was still up in the press box because I was trying to adjust my story uh, after the Flyers won because that Rangers-Capitals game was like it's right important. there. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be a, a huge adjustment to this story. Are they in first place or in they second? So as I'm kind of like trying to get ready for the story um, and I'm trying to get ready for this Rangers game to end, the bar up on the mezzanine level just erupts in cheers. So a bunch of Flyers fans apparently just like flocked to that bar. Love it. They went crazy when the Rangers went up five four. And <laughs> it, they isn't went, it nuts how you you see like it's this time of the year and you're cheering for other teams to right. win that you don't care about right, but you just Katie, want them. Was, well, and this is the crazy. <laughs> thing. And then they got real like the second after. Did you just drop a hard P? Yeah, tick oh. tick. They got real angry, upset. Almost spilled your coffee there. Yeah, might want to. I that. think you're getting angry, um, upset. Yeah. I was mad. <laughs> um, and no, it was great. It and got then, mad spicy up on the balcony level. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> what? Mad spicy. Um, and no, and then obviously the fans got real mad when uh, when the Capitals sc- scored the tie it up and then go to overtime. But it was just funny and crazy and chaotic. Hey, but, you'll take it. I'll right tell now. you, because last year the Flyers were playing pretty well around this time too, but they were trying to make that playoff push where they were chasing, and every game – we were watching specific scores to see, like, okay, if Columbus gets this many or if Carolina gets this many, this, that, and the next thing. We were watching all of these scores, and it was from such a point of, like, dread. Yeah. It's like when Just you're about to get to, in. Yeah, when you're, yeah. like, getting a test back that you didn't study for, and you're like, oh, my God, what's coming my way? And now, last night, I'm doing this post-game interview with Sean Couturier, and I'm just, like, refreshing, refreshing, refreshing the app to yeah. see the Rangers' uh, DC score. And it's because I'm like we're trying to figure out if if the score is final and if they're in first yet or if the game ended. Yeah. And it's so bizarre to be in that position where, like, you're you're score checking, but to figure out like, do we own the division right now? Yeah, right. Yeah. right. Versus last year, it was literally like we need to get this many wins in this many games, get this many points, and this team has to lose, and this nuts. team has to lose, and blah blah blah. And now we're like. Yeah, Rangers, please go beat DC. And then we have to root for the Pens this weekend, right? Which is bizarre as a Flyers fan to be rooting for the Rangers and Penguins in order to be in a certain position. But it's just so we can be in first place, so the team can be in first place in the division versus. And that's why I asked Sean Couturier last night. I was like, how much fun are you guys having right now? And when you get that like half smile right before he responds, it's like a big thing for Sean And he's just like, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, Because last year the vibe was just so. Have, there's like a burden every game. Well, right, you and they just wanted to make it in. People must yeah. lose. <clears throat> Certainly Bizarre. a good spot for them to be in. Um, yeah. And this was even a topic last night. Like, uh, for, at first it was <clears throat> when we saw that 
Oh my gosh. <clears throat> okay, we're good. We're good. When we, Jordan. <laughs> when we I'm always saw, supporting Please you. go wash your hands, sing the birthday song. I didn't. I didn't cough didn't, on my hands. She didn't. Um, but when we saw, uh, like everything's just merging in my head. This was about two weeks ago. They find, mm-hmm. you know, the wild card spot. We're like satisfied seeing them there. And then all of a sudden they get up in this position. Like, I just feel like we blinked and all of a sudden they're up in the division looking for first place. How crazy of an adjustment is this from like, okay, we just wanted a wild card spot to now, okay, maybe we want to own the division. Like, what do you focus on right now? Just making it in or do you really want to stay up top? Oh, you want to stay up top. I just think it's bizarre to even, and I don't know why it seems this way, but, and I know you tweet out these great stats the other night since January 8th, they haven't lost consecutive games, most goals in the league, tied with the Bruins for Best stats in the league league. from Jordan Hall, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Far from it. Truthfully, I would be lost without them. We're not biased. (laughs) But when you look at when the Flyers came back from that god-awful West Coast road trip and they had a back-to-back with Carolina in Raleigh and then back home at D.C., they were 11 points behind the Capitals in Mm -hmm. that game. And now they're tied for them in first place. And it's that was what two months ago I mean that's just insane like you shaved and I know the Capitals have lost quite a bit but you shaved off an 11 point deficit in six weeks and eight weeks something like that yeah I can't do math um (laughs) but that's I mean it's just it is insane and it's been so fun but there have been performances in between where the team has not been happy even on in wins where they've been they've said you know First period got away from us we can't do that because I think they have this number one level team expectation it's 60 minutes. It's every night. They don't want to be a team that makes it into the play- playoffs. They want to be a team that has home ice advantage and is more than capable to make a run. And I don't know. It's just so fun to see. It's such a, it is such a crazy swing from last year. I mean, yeah. I, I know you weren't here yet, um, but uh, Jordan, like I know you, the, the vibe around the team, in the dressing room, everything, even from the start of the season when we weren't talking about all this, is so crazy different it from really last is. year. Yeah, and I remember uh, interim head coach Scott Gordon said, like, we were trying to ask them, like, what their focus was at that point. And he said he was preaching to the team, like, let's just catch one team, and then once we catch that team, catch the next. I think that war on them, like, you have to catch so many teams. Like chipping away. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Now they're talking about, hey, like, we can we can grab home ice, and now they're thinking first place. Um, yeah, the vi- there's definitely just a drastically different vibe in the in the dressing room. It's Katie's not even close. And Katie hey, brought I'd her like Minnesota. To say, <laughs> oh, here we go. I would like to say Elaine Vigneault, though, too. Even when I took this job, I'm like, hey, look at this. We got a new studio at NBC, new host, I guess, and then the new coaching staff. There's just a lot of new going on with this team. But I would, I would have to – guys, I mean <clears> – <throat> I would like to think I'm a great good luck charm. I think you are. But Elaine Vino. I mean, I, I brought this up In too. In my opinion, Katie is the dip. Oh, thank you there, kiddo. Appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so Elaine Vino, though, like I just look at this too. I mean, even going home this past weekend, my brother is big fans, as I said. I have like two of them that are big fans. We're trying to get the rest of them to hop on. But yeah, they're four. The, yeah, the biggest thing is the... Uh, just so many positives with this team and we're getting to a lot of those today but I feel like we also forget this coaching staff oh my gosh full coaching staff of all former head coaches and I know this was something we'd brought up at the beginning of the season but in times like this you get two new players that come and jump in and do great things you know the first game was a little tough for Derek Grant because he's got to fly across uh, country but you see him really jumping in the last uh, few games now and Nate Thompson, just these from that point and also from a team point where all new coaching staff, they didn't really know how, like how things kind of went. 
and the way that these three coaches have led this team, and especially Elaine Vigneault and adjusting and, and kind of going with everything, being transparent to the media, to the players, um, overall, they've really brought uh, a bright spot. And it's you could see that. It resonates right there in the standings at this point of the season. Yes, there's still work to be done. you got to see how the rest of this year is going to go. But it's certainly a, a good thing to have this kind of leadership um, from the coaching staff, also from your captain and everything else when you're trying to make a, a playoff push. 100%. And for me, the Flyers definitely had a nice offseason. They did. They added some really good players, but none of them were like going to blow you out of the water and make you from one tier to the next. I think this is the product of really quality coaching. The Flyers have 87 points. They had 82 last year. It's like You just don't make that turnaround in one year with just some nice additions. No, the, the coaching staff is really experienced. They know how to turn the page from a loss. They know how to prepare teams. And they know how to motivate guys and get them to play their style. And I think for as much as, uh, you know, I know we talked last time that I was on about how much when the Flyers acquired Matt Niskanen yeah. and traded Radko Gudis to D.C., how many people were sort of saying this is somewhat of a lateral move and yada, yada, all that. Or when it was Kevin Hayes um, and the numbers were eye-popping, but I don't think a lot of people really knew a ton about Kevin Hayes at that point in time or what he could potentially bring. I don't think anybody certainly saw the way he's adjusted to Philly. I don't think you can even foresee just how well he's adapted to Philly and, and really embraced the city and the team. But you also got two guys that have really contributed a lot in the dressing room that mm-hmm. I know we always, you know, all that stuff is nice, but at the end of the day, you got to get wins. Guess what? You know how you get over losses? You have a guy like Matt Niskanen who – kind of very maturely is able to hold everyone accountable in a very non-confrontational way mm-hmm. and say, I've won Stanley Cups, turn the page. Yeah. And you have a guy like Kevin Hayes, and Ian LaPerrier has said this over and over and over again to us, and I believe Lappy was this guy when he was a player in locker rooms. You need guys when you're on that West Coast road trip and you're losing a ton of games and it's a time difference and it's this and it's that. You need those guys who make jokes and make hockey fun. And Kevin Hayes had said right to us, I remind myself all the time, he had like a life-threatening injury. I remind myself all the time, I am lucky to play hockey at all. And I'm incredibly lucky that I make a living playing this sport at this level with these people. And he tries to love that. make everybody aware of that. And I think that does actually go a long way with people as yeah. much as it's like soft and cushy stuff that people don't, doesn't really, you know, always resonate to people that that's important. I don't play the game and these road trips get long and when you're in Prague for eight days and you're home for three days and you're in Western Canada it's for eight long days season. and you're in Vancouver yeah. for five of those days. Like it does, it just, and all the back-to-backs in November, yep. you need someone to remind you like, Yo, guys, this is super dope, and he's he's totally that guy. They added character that I think complemented the team in there, and we saw what they could do at the end of last season. I mean, towards the end of last season, they played phenomenally well. I think they were able to carry over the best parts of those pieces, add really great complementary pieces, and Derek Grant and Nate Thompson certainly have seemed to complement it already. Yeah. And people might not think Chuck Fletcher has made the splashiest moves, but I think it's fair to say he's made some phenomenal moves. Yeah. They he's, might not have blown up headlines, but yeah, he's pushed so many of the right buttons yeah. like, in terms of the coaching staff. And the off season, just yeah. like gently the trade deadline. Yeah. Sort of slyly, not so loud, just putting the pieces together. And he, yeah. all that he did, he didn't sacrifice much at all. He didn't sacrifice any young prospects. Um, he didn't sacrifice any core players. 
uh, he he got the t- he made the team better, and uh, they really didn't lose much. And I think that's a testament to him and the work that he's done. And they still have a yeah, they have a ton of years and young players ahead, and yeah. call oh ups. Yeah. And I mean, look at the Proroff deal, the TK deal that they got done, the Kevin Hayes long term deal they got done, the Sanheim deal they got done. You know, they've brought Joel Farabee up, got him experience. They've brought Morgan Frost up, got him experience. They've got him down there on top line to get tons of minutes. Like, they called up Nico Bay-Cubell. They got the most out of him. I mean, they, they've they made so many moves that are doing great for the Flyers right now, but also have years of potential good play in them as well, which is massive. Yeah, and when you talk about, too, the offseason acquisitions with Jordan, you know, bringing in Kevin Hayes would be one of them, and then, Taryn, you're saying, too, he brings that extra personality, which we always love to talk about, the the many nicknames he Funny brings, guy, and yeah. I, I know Jordan and I, during this trade deadline talk, we were like, huh, I wonder what uh, Derek Grant and Nate Thompson's nicknames are going to be <laughs> from uh, Kevin Hayes, but just with that, yes, you certainly have the help of, of uh, players merging everything together, but just going back to the coaching staff, when you think about that, you... You land a player like Kevin Hayes, a very talented player, then you get Matt Niskin in. I mean, just the way that I just would give a lot of credit to Elaine Vino, just for the way that you have such talented players, but you can't just like throw them out there and expect it. You really have to find the best way that these players are going to be able to work together. And that certainly has resonated throughout this season. And let's not forget, because this was something we wanted to bring up last night, but sometimes we run out of games and broadcasts and stuff, <laughs> is that Elaine Vino in December said he was still figuring out his team. He was asked, yeah. when you come to a new team, at what point do you like to have them figured out? Because at that point, they were still trying to kind of cobble together fourth-line pieces, and they seemed like they had had like five or six four C's come up, and they were trying to get G out of the middle to the wing, and they were still trying to move so many pieces around to figure out what worked. And in the middle of December, he said, I don't have it figured out yet. I'm mm-hmm. hoping that I will very soon. But, you know, I'm still trying to establish and figure out what works here and figure out who he has and really what type of players they are in the scope of a full season. Um, And then by the middle of January, they go on the hottest run in the league. (laughs) So it's just one of those things where you got to give credit to him because as much as we joked about him essentially putting players in a cup like Yahtzee dice and kind of just throwing it out and seeing what works – he was willing to make the, take those risks and make those gambles and figure out what to do and what worked and what didn't. And it seems as if they've kind of found a groove. And I asked him about it before the game last night. And he said, honestly, I think everybody came back from the bye week in the NHL All-Star break, ready to play and on a roll. And we got on a good track and we got in a groove and we've been riding that wave since. Yeah. And I, I mean, what more can you really ask? He's, yeah. he's got that experience where he's like, I know when to be hands-on. I know when to let it go. And he knew, he said, I remember, Taryn, when he was saying about December, he wasn't really sure what it was. He, and he mentioned, he, he said his first year in New York when he took the Rangers to the Stanley Cup final, uh, he said that team didn't figure it out until Christmas. Yeah. Um, and you can see why he was so confident earlier on when he didn't know what he had. He was still confident that he was going to turn this team into a winner. And I think you can see why. He, he looks back at his track record and he sees like, well, yeah, that team that we took to the Cup in New York, we didn't know what we had until Christmas. So um, that's why I think he was so confident. And gosh, yeah, you're seeing with time what he can do with a team with time. You talk about confident. Can we just confidence with this team right now? I'm, uh, Sky did high. that make sense? Can we just confidence? Can we talk about talk confidence? Talk about confidence. I mean, the way that they're even going out there, I'm just... <laughs> 
the so hockey <laughs> yes no and i mean i feel confident right now <laughs> no, i'm kidding oh, okay confident. but feeling confident. a lot of things Ready? change when you One, have a confident two, three team. inhale <sighs> okay let's a go. lot of things change when you have a when you have a confident team and we we see that i mean you go in are you kidding you go into washington dc and take it from the capitals i mean especially being down a goal they come back um and that's nothing new for this team to be able to come back uh, and respond because it's definitely just something that I've brought up plenty of times just the way this team has been so resilient to anything any um, sort of downfall that they've had to come back from but the biggest thing is confidence and you're talking about having fun too with this team how much does that play into because I certainly think if you have a con- confident team and you guys realize like Kevin Hayes is saying like you need to have fun you need to be grateful to be out there just having good clean fun right I mean that's seriously it sounds a little funny but it really is so important for a team you need to be like really a confident team and knowing what you're capable of and I really do feel like the Flyers have been that way proven by this eight game win streak I think so too and sorry to cut you off Taryn but um yeah no I think last year deep down I think they knew they weren't even on the same level as the Capitals and some of the other better division teams I think this year deep down they think they're better than Washington they think they're better uh, than Pittsburgh, I think they think they're the best team in the division. And uh, I think that goes back to the coaching staff. It goes back to the additions that they made. Jacob Borchek said the other day, he was brutally honest. He said, in years past, if myself, Claude Drew, or Sean Couturier Sean didn't score, uh, we probably weren't winning that game. This right. year, he said, it's totally different. Not only do they... Uh, not only do they stay afloat, they'll go out and score four or five goals if those guys are quiet. This year, if Kevin Hayes scores, they definitely win the game. Yes. But if he doesn't, someone else will score. What um, is it, Jordan? What's the number? 19 0 1. That's bizarre. When, fly, when uh, Kevin Hayes scores a goal, the Flyers are. I think it's quite too, a cool stat. Yeah, the crazy. thing that's really interesting that Chuck Fletcher talked about, I want to say like back in, De- in December in a radio interview or something, he was talking about when he took over the team, he felt like he had a team that had a lot of players who had very high ceilings, but as a team, there were certain issues defensively, mistake-wise, efficiency-wise. And when he wanted to bring in a coaching staff, he wanted them to have a ton of experience where they could get the best out of players and also kind of minimize some of the mistakes that he was seeing occur kind of over and over again. Um, Like simple things, like when your D pinches, you need your third forward high. Like the Flyers weren't even doing that. Yeah, and he was saying... You know, I brought in a Lanvino because he holds everyone responsible. And if you're taking care of your responsibilities, everything else just kind of comes. And a Lanvino has said the same thing. I just ask guys to skate hard, be where they're supposed to be, do what they're supposed to do. And offense seems to be created out of that. If you ask TK about why he's producing right now, he'll say, honestly, a lot of it has to do with being where I'm supposed to be at the right place at the right time. And the offense just sort of comes. Same thing with Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes on shorthanded goals. Mike Yo has said over and over again, he's not doing anything except for what he's supposed to do. And then he's just got that long reach and that kind of attack sense in him, and he gets to the goal and gets goals. It's very much a thing of they became very efficient at what they needed to do, and I think that gave them confidence. And from the confidence came offense. Yeah. And Alain Vigneault has figured out those combinations that are efficient especially defensively, and from it comes offense. And when they struggle, they'll all tell you they weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing, playing their game, and then they couldn't get offense going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's I know it's simple, and it's the same thing people say all the time, but if you ask the players, if you ask the coach, if you ask the GM, they gave – Alain Vigneault gives guys responsibilities and holds them to it, and then everything kind of comes from there. 
Yeah. It's not just have free reign, but then make sure you do this thing too. It's no, you start from the base and then work your way up. You don't start with the fun and work your way back to what's important. So it is interesting because like you said, last year it was very, or in years past, it was kind of like, you could see it on Claude Drew's face. Like he carried so much weight. Yeah. You know, if he didn't play a great game, the team usually didn't play a great game. Yep. And now if G goes through a bit of a slump, I mean, maybe Nick Obey-Cubell is scoring a ton of goals or the defense is scoring a ton of goals. So yeah. it's it's very yeah. cool to see because it's such a well-dispersed effort all the time. How many times has Claude Giroux gone scored us and like, we don't even realize it? We're like, oh, G didn't have any points. And it's like, that's just it shows you how deep they are this year and like every guy is stepping up. It's, it's fun to watch. It really is. The time between his 799th point and his 800th NHL point, we had like a graphic and a yeah. video and everything made and we were just sitting on it and we kind of forgot like, <laughs> yeah, we're sitting on this and it still hasn't happened because I think they became the highest scoring defense in the league and, yeah. you know, JBR went on a run mm-hmm. and then Kevin Hayes has all these crazy stats where when he scores the team wins and you know, it it sort of almost is G is a huge part of the team, but the team is not solely reliant on him now, which is what you need to be a playoff. Just team, like I think. one thing with him too uh, that I think about was that Washington game. You see Tom Wilson run at Claude Giroux, and just the way that. His teammates stuck up for him in that moment, but also in other ways. There was other things that happened. It was a very rough game, and just teammates sticking up for their captain, sticking up for each other. It really kind of shows. I would like to credit Drew for that, but overall, you know, his leadership for this team, and overall, just the the leaders on this team, how team, how that mentality is, just so team first, sticking up for each other. I mean, yeah, I know fights don't show up on the well, they do show up on a penalty uh, score sheet, but. <laughs> They don't show up to help you with a win or anything, but I do think they they do when well, you have a team sticking up for each other, yeah. and it really is a team effort. Last night, Carter gets clipped by McGinn, and Sean Couturier almost who, ripped. That yeah, off. who doesn't like? I mean, Sean's not. I don't think is not afraid to stand up for himself. But remember Sean's in not preseason, to, we were like, why is he fighting? We yeah. saw Couturier fighting in yeah. preseason. It was but like, Sean's not doing? trying to take don't dumb. Fight. Is not trying to take dumb penalties, especially against you know a, a, a divisional team, a divisional rival. But Sean Couturier was just like, oh, not my goalie. Went over there and just starts knocking on him. And that's just, this team really likes each other. Yeah. <laughs> like, And I don't think you can underestimate how much how far that actually goes. Wasn't it, they went from killing off five penalties, solid, five for five on the penalty kill in Washington, to last night not having one penalty, right? Yeah. I, I believe mean, so, yeah. in a back-to-back, just that Pretty good. maturity Penalty killing too. gets tiring. I'm sure oh, they were right. just like, let's yeah. not do that tonight. Right, yeah. but they're playing smart at the same time. They get the win in a back-to-back, which I feel like they have handled that second game, to, or they've taken it for the, to their uh, to their advantage. Sure. Um, I think it, it's really helped, you know, for, for this team just to be fresh off of a, another game, but it really was a bright spot just yeah. seeing them play so smart and also getting the job done at home. I mean, you can't really mess around. Like Sean Couturier, he's, he's being smart about it. Yeah. And if I, He if wanted I, to rip his head off, though. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I know. And it was right in front of me, and I was, I was like, yeah, oh, right my God. Stand. That's right. I love, I love when Sean gets mad and when Jake Voracek gets mad because you just see it in their face immediately. They're like, Do they say anything that you can say net. on the podcast? No, no. I usually like to see uh, – they're not – like, Sean's not really a talker. Jake's hard to understand. But, uh, <laughs> T, with, with, I mean, no surprise, but TK and Scott Lawton are usually my favorite to try to – because Scott's real witty. Like, yeah. Scott is a great interview. Scott is very, very smart. Him and Michael Roffel both. Yeah. But Scott, I'd have to really come off – I have to figure – 
I, I should go ask, ask him next time I come back on. I'll come back with a good Scott Lawton story. But Wait, Scott loves to. How chirp. about that? Uh, who was that, you guys? When they all came up to the bench and you had Lawton and TK, they all laid like, yeah! Like, yeah, protecting Kevin Hayes. Like, Which was that? Chirping. Was that the Rangers, it was the Rangers game at home on Friday last yeah. year? Last Friday was night, it yeah. the Devils game when TK and Nolan Patrick oh were in the box gosh. together and somebody made a? And those two are best buds. Yeah, best friends. Somebody, yeah. somebody from Flyer Social Media, shout out to Flyer Social Media, made a great side-by-side picture of them screaming at Gabriel, was it, that Landis was in Scott? the other box? I don't think Gabriel was in the box, but he was the one that started up by okay. uh, boarding Nolan somebody Patrick. Was, somebody was screaming from the other from the other box. Two devils were in the box, yeah. And oh, you're Nolan Patrick and TK, you see them get up in unison, and they start screaming at the same time, and somebody from the Flyers screenshotted it and put, first they're sour, and then you just see them sitting next to each other, like <laughs> laughing about something, and they put, and then they're sweet. <laughs> like, oh, my like God. Like the Sour Patch tremendous. Kids commercial. That is tremendous. I was crying. Oh, I that's love good. Funny. Well, I, I want to ask you guys. I know we've talked about a lot of positives, and justifiably so. One concern moving forward does does James Van Riemsdyk's absence concern you guys at all? Yeah, and I, and I knew we had to address that. I mean, it's yeah. the right index finger, four to six weeks uh, with that. In yeah, it does concern me. But you guys, the way we've seen Terrence just talking about this depth. I mean, so many guys stepping up. Nick Obey-Cubell being a great example of that. Just their depth. And even that that third line last night, talk about, I mean, yeah. it was insane. Even Tyler Pitlick lately, I mean, he's really helping out. So, yeah, of course, you see James Van Reems, like a big player, especially on the power play, a, a big player in different areas, come out. Uh, Joel Farabee didn't, he wasn't super flashy last night. He did have a big opportunity to yeah. score there in the third. Joel but, had a couple, and I was like, yeah. bury one, Joel, come on. Yeah, and, such and a good guy. Game, yeah. And, yeah, there's a concern there, but you guys, I see this team still playing But by the time he gets back from injury, and when he comes back, I think it's going to be just another exclamation yeah. point on a, a great team effort that they're still having. I think Joel is sufficient like he can handle it he showed that he can handle it they didn't send him back down to lehigh because he couldn't handle the nhl it was because first of all joel is a very defensively proud player like he wants to take care of his defensive responsibilities and i think at times he ends up getting matched up with top lines guys and he i think he found at least from what i've heard from av and you know assistant coaches talking it's they wanted to give him an opportunity to play in a place where he could flourish and keep sharpening skills that he has that he doesn't necessarily get to use at the NHL level because he's still I mean again he played 40 some college games last year and he's already played almost double that at an NHL level this year so you're asking him to take a huge step up and he's done just fine Mm. but I know they they felt like they had the depth that they could send him to Lehigh and he could work on refining parts of his game and and really being so ex- like excelling at that level yeah versus, and getting his confidence yeah. i mean you're, you're playing so much more than you would yeah. be and just getting your feel for it you'd rather have that for yeah. a player than sitting out or you know yeah and not so, getting as but much but i think with jvr not here right now and having to call joel up you'll do fine mm-hmm. i mean it's just jvr has a certain skill level that i mean that truly only jvr has yeah. um and joel's a much different player but it's not a bad club to have in your bag. Yeah, a yeah. 2018 it's first like, round oh, pick. It's like, oh shoot, you yeah. have to use Joel Farabee. Yeah, like no one's saying that. That's right, not the case. Right. Yeah. So I'm with you guys. I th- I think they'll be fine. I do think James Van Reems like a lot more valuable than some of like the fans give him credit for. I think some people think he's just a goal scorer. I think he's got he's great been a, size. A phenomenal assist he's, guy lately too. I mean, he's yeah. like sets up below the goal and just makes these crazy passes, like blind passes, right. and yeah. I, the amount of points that. JVR's picked up on assists in the month of February. It's yeah. 
truly impressive. And but. the way he changes possession in terms of like when they get the puck in the offense, offensive zone, he's so big, he can hold it along the wall. I think he really um, supplements Elaine Vigneault's system. So I definitely think it's an absence for sure. But no, I really think the Flyers' depth will be fine. And Elaine Vigneault had a good point pregame. He mentioned that like they haven't had Nolan Patrick all season. Uh, they lost Oscar Lindblom in December. Uh, and it was the next man up, and they've had guys really come in and step yeah. up, and I don't expect that to change either. And um, man, that trade deadline is looking more and more important uh, yeah. with Tara Cran and Nate Thompson. Now you have that luxury of calling up Joel Faraby to be your next guy up. Especially so. when you see that kind of skate pass yeah, for really? Derek Grant. Oh, yeah, it was easy. Little it was Lionel too easy. Messi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what you soccer. said. It. It's a soccer <laughs> reference. Yeah. It's a, it's, they call it football in Europe. Stop <laughs> yelling at me. All right, you guys. <laughs> yeah, um, I think you know what you know what I. It's I think it's time for. Wait, can, I, time can, I tell, can I tell my Kevin Hayes story real quick? Yeah, I want to hear this. Yes. Okay, so last time I had forgot. Sorry, I don't want to hijack it, but no, we need um, stories. I can't wait for this. So last time I was trying to think, I was like, I know there's a good story I want to tell, but I forgot what it was. And so it was when we were doing the Kevin Hayes tunnel talk thing. We were like asking about all this stuff, whatever behind the scenes, blah blah blah, yada yada, and. Um, <laughs> And he said something about, uh, like, we're talking about guys' personalities and blah, blah, blah. And he says something about, yeah, like, I have I have a few, like, hidden talents up my sleeve. I'm not just hockey. And I'm sitting there like, what are your hidden talents? And he goes, actually, I don't want to talk about it. And I was just like, are they inappropriate? Like, why did you bring them up? And he was just like, no, it's just that. So the other day, I told, so, okay, so I told the players, I told uh, G and Jake and Sean Couturier about it, and then... Sean Couturier did both of them, and then I felt a lot of pressure, and then I tried to do them, and I couldn't do either. <laughs> so it just goes to show like how good Sean Couturier is at truly everything. Everything. And I said, what are the hidden talents? And he was like, okay, so don't laugh. And I was like, okay. He goes, I can catch food in my mouth from like super far away. Like somebody oh my gosh. from super far away. And I can do long division, but like really quickly. And I, wow. and I was like, that's so bizarre. And he goes, yeah, so the other day in the locker room, like they literally threw food, I guess, like across the room, and Sean Couturier was able to catch it. Oh my gosh. And then they asked him some crazy division problem, and he did it in like three seconds. And then Kevin was like, and then I felt immense pressure, and then I, I tried over and over again to catch, I guess, like candy or something, and I couldn't do it at all. And then they gave me a much simpler division problem, and I couldn't figure it out. So, what? Just, I just, it's not to knock on Kevin Hayes, but Sean Couturier is really good at everything. That is so Wow. Funny. Yeah. I, Who would have yeah. thought? Yeah, right. I'm not right. that good. I always try to do the popcorn thing, and it's it's pretty complicated. But all I can picture is those guys from like the other side of the room just absolutely chucking. I'm it. sure, yeah. and I'm yeah, I'm sure if like Claude Drew was involved, like he just like wind through, up like a 98 mile an hour fastball <laughs> yeah. in his face, like, and it was probably hilarious. And he probably still caught it. I wish we had yeah. video of it so bad. Oh my you god! Imagine Couturier smiling you know, after he catches it. Yeah, in his teeth. yeah. Well, that's. Yeah, I wonder if that's cheating. Like, if he had his flapper in or yeah. not. <laughs> I, I don't know, but I just, yeah, wow. I wish I had video of it, because it's funny. Who would have guessed that? That's okay. great. Sorry. How I long division? I, to, I can't even do long division on a piece of paper is. with a teacher helping me, so. The only math I can do are, like, stats for And he can do it all reports. in his head. Yeah, yeah. I do. Like, That's adding, it. like, simple, like, two plus four. 
Yeah, it's six like, over two. Jordan, years. you're good at those it's numbers. Like 80, yes. You got those numbers NHL, every day. NHL high, 87 goals since January 8th. Plus, they had how many last night? Yeah, okay. it's crazy. 91. 91. Yeah. Right, right. And that See, is a crazy I even stat. needed Jordan's help with that one. Yeah. Okay, I'm done. I think it also is time for the hockey joke of the day, guys, before we let the you go. The hockey joke of the day. Yeah, you should Whoa. You should make a little. We might have to record yeah. that and play that every time. Yes. yes. The hockey joke of the day. You have such a nice Jokes. voice. My share impression's great. Okay. There's no <laughs> that was time awesome. For, there's no time for that. Really. All right. So, usually a lot of these just go right over Jordan's head. So, I hope you get so it. Listen closely. I know. I've been here before. Um, <laughs> what did the, or how did the cowboy get to the hockey game? Don't, don't tell me. Uh, I don't know. He took a Zamponi. <laughs> Did you come up with that? No. Hey, hey. That, no, that was good. Like, no, that was no, good. No, that wasn't. I'm sorry. That <laughs> and that Katie, was your That was a good day. one. That was fun. I don't think I've had a 9.6 yet. It didn't go over my head. I thought it was funny. Jordan. Wow. Okay. Jordan's the Terry, nicest was... person there ever was. Oh, yeah, okay. I, will, I will always support that you guys in all joke, that you though, do. Right? But do you even ride ponies? Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. They're I'm just from really New Jersey. Small. I don't know about <laughs> yeah, animals. The, the Zamponi. Get it? Zamponi, Zamponi. Yeah. There we go. Anyway, this has been a fun episode. It wow. Sure has. Happy Friday, guys. Happy Hopefully Friday. Hopefully this team will continue on their winning ways. Big game uh, tomorrow. Tune in at 6, the Buffalo 6.30, 630 p.m. for Flyers pregame live. Yeah. Yes. Featuring tomorrow Katie would be Emmer. Saturday. And catch Taryn on pregame live and during the broadcast. And yeah. catch, catch Jordan up in the, the press box writing 18 stories a night because he never sleeps we'll and he have, keeps working. We'll have Ivan Provorov on pregame tomorrow. Yeah, too. it'll oh, be good. He's yeah, always a good really interview, good. so that'll be, be lit. that'll be fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Flyers Talk podcast. I'm Katie Emmer. And I'm Jordan Hall, Taryn Hatcher. Thank you so much for joining us. You're uh, welcome. Wherever you get your podcast fans. You're uh, welcome. Rate us and subscribe us. And Taryn, thank you again. Just thank I'm subscribed. you so much. I'm subscribed. Subscribed. I'm subscribed. I didn't rate yet. I'll rate us. Let's get off. M rate us. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. All right, guys. See you, we'll next, see you time. next time. Five stars. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.